Welcome to the Business Unusual podcast. Today, I'm joined by Luco Marquette, who is the Vice President for Unilever. Is it South Africa or Africa? He's, so, it's, yeah, he's CEO of, of uh, South Africa, Southern Africa. Southern Africa. So, it's, it's pretty exciting to speak to, um, speak to you today. Um, and, I, and I think it's, it's really intriguing, sort of what the organization's doing and, and sort of also as an individual, you're quite inspiring. Um, all the countries you've worked in and visited, um, I'm already envious and um, we haven't even got started. So I, I don't know where you want to kick it off, but we've, we've obviously, you know, with all the excitement in your life and the risks you've taken, we're in a situation right now where the world's sort of been turned upside down and, and um, there is no normal anymore. And, and I suppose the first question is, how, how's that going for you? Well, first, Rahat, thank you very much for, for, for having me today. It's a great pleasure to, to exchange with, uh, with all of you. And uh, yeah, you know, it's been really, uh, really uh, tough times, uh, and I'm sure for, for everyone. Uh, I consider that uh, personally, but as well for Unilever, we are part of the uh, fortunate one in the sense that, uh, you know, in all these... Uh, uh, in all these times, uh, being uh, working for essential goods, we've been able to uh, to continue to operate. I'm I'm not going to say as normal because obviously we had to uh, take some some drastic uh, decision and safety uh, issues, safety uh, consideration in our business. But we've been able to operate, and uh, and the business continues to grow. Uh, so we've been we've been very fortunate. But uh, and on a personal note, you know, it's it's. Uh, it's been it's been really not easy because uh, uh, on on uh, March 17, uh, Unilever worldwide we send all the employees and I've been I've been really amazed by the level of resilience of everyone. Uh, we, we quickly uh, adapted and working on teams and everyone with a laptop and meetings from uh, 8 a.m. to uh, uh, 5 p.m. and uh, and at some points you know I, I remember after three weeks where we decided to look in the calendars of everyone at lunchtime. Uh, so even now, we mm. still have, a, you know, from 12 to 1, a lunch break to make sure that employees have the time to uh, spend uh, with their kids, with their partners, prepare meals. Uh, mm. So really, it's been, it's been challenging time, uh, but quite an experience. And, and uh, Ralph, as you said, I've been very fortunate in my life to uh, work in, uh, in uh, many parts of the world and mainly... Uh, uh, DNE markets, and we know all all the time this uh, this volatile environment in this market. And I I, I believe that my past experience uh, is helping me in these uh, current circumstances. Yeah, no, I mean it's really interesting. I mean I looked at that sort of um, the, the countries you've been to, so Puerto Rico and Philippines, and I'm like, wow, this guy. It's it's it, the places that you've worked in. It's like amazing. It's it's my dream destinations to work. Um, but as being a surfer, my son's a surfer, my brother's a surfer, and so we were, we were asking you earlier, are you a surfer? Because I'm I'm like, there's is that a coincidence or like there's some of the best surfing places in the world, and you and you're working there. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 completely a coincidence, but yeah. the fact is, uh, yeah, when when I I, I, 
I started working actually in uh, 1991 in uh, in Mexico, and that's where I started surfing. And and uh, I remember these, uh, uh, you know, you work hard during the week, then you take your car and you drive uh, 10, 12 hours, and you end up spending a weekend on on. The, you arrive early Saturday morning, go surfing and and uh, sleep in uh, in hamacas and uh, just like fishing and grilling your fish on the on the beach. So it was really amazing, uh, amazing weekend. So, and but let me be uh, very clear: it's uh, that was in 1991, and, and today in 2020, I'm still a beginner. Uh, yeah, surfing, we all are. <laughs> so uh, uh, long borders and so on. But I've been fortunate yet yeah, to to go to uh, Cloud Nine, uh, so to Shargao Island in the Philippines, and and uh, uh, but but today, you know, my favorite uh, destination remains. Uh, San Francisco Bay, where, where I have a place to, uh, to spend my holidays and, and uh, surfing in uh, Ulet, which is really uh, an easy wave, is, is, is really uh, nice and unfortunate to live in Durban as well. Not yeah. like you in Cape Town, where it's freezing and you have much more sharks than, than us, probably, or we have. Yeah. So and, yeah. and I'm, I'm coming to visit you. I'm coming okay, to visit perfect. you soon. <laughs> <laughs> We're normally up there for the. the, the Durban Pro, the, was it, the old Mr. Price, the Billabong. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's almost like going on holiday, going to Durban from Cape Town because it's so warm and uh, it's amazing up there. But you're right. I mean, St. Francis is, is world class, right? But it, it got me thinking because if I look at the business as a whole and I look at you as a person in terms of taking big risks, going to destinations that you are fairly unknown, almost that journey and I look at your, where you're looking at going in terms of the sustainability, the conscious leader. And I can't help but think how much surfing has impacted certainly me in my thinking of that sustainability because you're in nature, you love it, you see it. Do you think it impacts you not just, and I get that sense that sometimes people talk in corporate about sustainability, but I think if you're a surfer, there's something about it that you, you feel it, you see it, you touch it and uh, you just have a, a chance as an executive to to make an impact as opposed to talk about it. Yeah, you, you're absolutely right. And, and uh, But, you know, it, it can happen in many sports. I'm, I'm, obviously, I love surfing and um, and uh, when sometimes surfing in Ghana, and you cannot even imagine, like, what it is surfing. And you, you do a stroke and then you see all these plastic bags all around you. Uh, it's it's an absolute disaster. And uh, Or looking at, at the Philippines and seeing uh, so many uh, sachets in, uh, in, in the environment. Uh, I dive as well and, and diving and seeing some, some cans of, uh, I will not mention any brands, but you know, in the ocean. <laughs> uh, I absolutely am passionate about uh, snow skiing and doing the mountain and seeing all sometimes these, these trash all around. So, so obviously it's, uh, it, it makes you very uh, cautious about the environment and and I'm, I'm, I'm actually very fortunate working for a company for which yeah. the sustainability is so important. And, yeah. and it's really at the heart of everything we do. Uh, yeah. And that, that sense of purpose is embedded in, in every employee. So I think it is great as a surfer, as a human who loves nat nature, that yeah. the company gives you that opportunity to, uh, to live your purpose uh, uh, every day and in which... Uh, on top of helping the community, but really supporting the uh, uh, the agenda of protecting the environment is is so important. So 
Uh, yeah. all, all that is linked together. Honestly, it's, uh, that's where why why you when you are so passionate, uh, mm -hmm. as you said, you take risk every day uh, by small step. You, you try to uh, create an impact uh, uh, for the society you live in, for the environment, for uh, uh, yes, the uh, micro entrepreneurs, for agriculture. Mm -hmm. uh, that that is so it's so critical, so critical. So, I mean, we were speaking beforehand and we were talking around your journey and these different opportunities that presented themselves and, um, and, and sort of a lot of people are very comfortable where they're at um, in life. Um, it, it, it normally takes something in someone unique to sort of go outside their comfort zone and go into these different markets and take on these different opportunities. What, what do you think that was driving you? What, Well, it's it's a uh, it's a mix of uh, ambition. Uh, it's a yeah. mix of uh, enjoying being a, a risk taker. Uh, it's yeah. a, a choice in life, a choice of lifestyle. You know, being uh, being an expat and, and uh, it's been uh, it's been what 20 years now that I've been living outside of my own country. If I consider that France is my own country, because it's been so long that uh, yeah. out of 29 years. Uh, of, of uh, professional careers. I've worked only five years or even four years in France. The rest has been abroad and 20 years in a, in, in a row uh, abroad. So it's not necessarily a, a, an easy one. You don't always choose the country where you're going to be living in. Uh, they offer yeah. you the opportunity. Uh, I remember, you know, when, when, uh, uh, when my previous company, L'Oreal, offered me to go in the Philippines. It's a country where I've been... Uh, I think was uh, maybe uh, 10 years, uh, 10 years before, uh, and it's a country where I proposed my ex-wife, and I remember landing in Manila, and I was a bit shocked by the traffic, the noise, uh, the pollution, uh, and and I remember I told her at that time, you know, it's uh, at least that's a country where we will never go and live in, <laughs> and and so you can imagine, and that's part of the risk when they offer me the job to take over the. Uh, Uh, to be the, the head of the loyal business uh, uh, for the Philippines is like, wow, uh, you question a lot. Do we take that risk? Do we want it? Uh, and at the end, it happened to be a great opportunity, uh, very yeah. fast uh, uh, growing, developing countries, uh, great economy. And, and we absolutely loved it, love the people. I'm passionate about people and, and Filipinos are yes. so nice, welcoming. Uh, it's been a, a great, uh, a great positive, uh, positive challenge, and uh, as you said, beautiful experience on over the weekend where, where honestly, it's uh, amongst the, the most beautiful uh, beach you can find in the world, and, and uh, yeah. uh, so, so we really, uh, we really loved it, and and, uh, and thanks to that experience as well, uh, you know, that's where uh, from from L'Oréal. Uh, now I moved to. Uh, I moved at that time uh, for, for Unilever as the head of West Africa and it uh, was a great experience. And, and it's, uh, uh, I must say, I'm, I'm completely in my sweet spot. And, and again, it's part of the risk that you take when you, you can be in yeah. your comfort zone. But uh, uh, there was one continent where I've never been before, was Africa, or at least I've been to Morocco, but never in Africa. And Unilever offers you to be the head of West Africa region and uh, being based in, in Ghana or Abidjan, I decided to be in Ghana. But you know, it's like, it's part of the big question mark that, that you have in your life and, and the big risk that you take. 
and uh, and I really uh, uh, yeah I've been I think rewarded in a way by taking that risk and, and not taking over South Africa and uh, not the Southern Africa region uh, and and discovering a country which is honestly uh, it's in my favorite country in the world uh, certainly uh, South Africa for the, uh, the beautiful uh, diversity uh, people extremely welcoming uh the scenaries in that country uh, we live in like uh, uh three four different countries you know it's uh yeah love love going to the dragonsburg love going in the uh, garden roots uh, love uh, uh, being in a in a game reserve in the bush uh and and we are very very fortunate and sometimes we forget not about cape town that. i obviously i love cape town <laughs> i clearly i must admit i'm a bit uh uh, but after the French wine, is is no doubt from the new world. The South African wine has, has really uh, is really the best in the world, without any doubt. Really? Okay. Well, I really think so. Yeah. I, I think I, I look at what you've achieved, and I think that in in a English first language person to go to those different countries, but English wasn't your first language, and so I think there's a lot of examples of Europeans or Americans going to different territories. But so you've gone to different territories, you've learned these different cultures. Uh, what have you learned from, from this? Because this is like, a, this, is, this is amazing, really. It's like... Yeah, you, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because actually, so obviously, uh, I, learn, uh, I learn English at school, but if you don't really uh, practice it deeply, and so I had the opportunity during my studies to do an internship and I went to Singapore. And, and I, I worked in a bank, in a dealing room, and really uh, immersing myself and, and making sure you speak English. Although, uh, you know, the uh, English in Singapore is uh, a bit weird sometimes with the okela. And, uh, yeah. but, but, uh, but really, and that's where I, I learn English. And then when I finished my, uh, my uh, university or my BA, you know, I wanted to, uh, to speak Spanish. I wanted to speak at least three languages before looking for a job. And that's when, I decided to go to Mexico to learn uh, to learn Spanish, oh. and uh, so so I'm yeah I'm, I'm really fluent in Spanish, uh, having worked so many years in, in a Spanish-speaking country, including Miami, which is more Spanish than English, yeah. and uh, so that's that's uh, again it's part of what you were mentioning, uh, uh, taking some risk. More importantly for me is uh, when I looked at so many people around me where they do have the sorts of same job every day for their entire life. The, uh, uh, the, the experience that I had is on top of having your, your job, whatever you do, is moving from one country to the other. You have to adapt yourself. Uh, you, you cannot impose your culture. You cannot impose your management style. You have to adapt. You have to learn the local culture. You have to learn the local language eventually. You have to... Uh, adapt your management style to, uh, to the local culture. If you go to uh, uh, Philippines, you know, they have so much respect for the boss that they will never say, no, you are wrong. And I need to nurture myself from the local inside, from the people. It's, it's, it's my, my employees who know much more than me. And I need to uh, understand, to listen to them, to read between lines, to read their face to understand if eventually uh, they, they, they have a, a disagreement, but they don't dare to say it. 
and you have to create and to give them the safe space to express them, themselves without being scared of, of uh, calling out the boss and saying, no, I think you're wrong. And I think it's very important. If not, you drive a business and you are blind. And, mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's been, uh, I think, part of my uh, learning journey and, and uh, adapting, uh, adapting myself to the different, uh, to the, to the different culture, to uh, uh, reading the people, to create a, a safe space, safe environment, mm -hmm. uh, Uh, where where people can uh, can express themselves. And honestly, it's uh, more recently with the uh, dramatic event uh, in the uh, in the mm -hmm. U.S., the, the George Floyd and the hashtag uh, uh, Black Lives Matters. I, I realize even more within uh, Unilever South Africa, but I'm sure it's the case in many uh, in many uh, other companies. The importance to create that safe space for Black employees to express themselves. Uh, mm -hmm. to express their frustration, to express uh, their uh, discomfort uh, mm -hmm. and, and was, was quite an eye-opener the last two weeks for me. I believe uh, as a leader, to, uh, the adaptability is very, very important. So I read um, recently that there, initially it used to be that IQ was the most biggest determinant of success and then it was EQ. And what they've actually found is that AQ, the adaptability of a leader, is the biggest predictor of a leader's success. And it's so funny that you mentioned it as what you've learned about yourself, but the evidence is demonstrated in great leaders around the world that it, and, and sort of that journey of yours also demonstrates it, right? But also I what think, we- I think we should add humility because you, you yeah. give me a great honor to say, you know, uh, Because I mentioned adaptability, I'm amongst the great leaders of, of the world, which I don't think I am, but, but I think it's so true. Adaptability is, is essential. Uh, again, when working in Ghana, it's completely different than working in South Africa and Mexico. And if you don't adapt to that environment, if you don't adapt to the local culture, you cannot be successful. But I think, is that, is that not what the crisis is showing us? And Black Lives Matter, it's that we need to adapt and change because things have moved, things have changed, and we as leaders need to adapt and change with that as well. Are you seeing that as a, an opportunity? Is that a threat? How do you, how do you see these, these challenges that come at you? It's clearly an opportunity. Uh, yeah. And at the same time, the big, the, the, the big difference is the speed of adaptability. Uh, you yeah. know, before the uh, COVID-19 situation, We, we're always mentioning the, the pace of change, which will never have been as slow as, as, as today or as fast as today and is increasingly faster. But what yeah. the, uh, the current situation and uh, the uh, hashtag Black, you know, the Black Lives Matter is showing us that there is no more time. There is no more time yeah. for change. There is an absolute sense of urgency for all to act. And exactly mm -hmm. the same way, or it's completely different, obviously, don't get me wrong, but the situation yeah. in the COVID-19 forced us to adapt completely and very fast to the situation. And mm -hmm. I'm, I'm obviously, uh, uh, what's going to come with this, the pandemic situation is a deep, deep economical crisis who's going to last mm -hmm. uh, for quite a couple of years, certainly, and we will, it will take mm -hmm. a long time to recover because... We, we need to be clear, you know, it's uh, so many governments everywhere 
has been doing blank check to uh, to support the, the, the various industries and companies. But uh, I mean, uh, citizens will have to pay for it, and, and yeah. our generation will have to pay for it. So the, the need to adapt as well in our case our portfolio uh, to uh, to the consumer needs and to uh, to the consumer circumstances and the fact that they're going to be even more cash trapped than before. Uh, and there is no, no more time for that. So, so the, the speed of adaptability has never been as important and, and as fast. Yeah, I think that digital disruption was being talked about for a couple of years, but most of South Africa had, well, had to change in sort of two or three months. So, and, and I mean, often the, the question I ask is, what I certainly saw in our organization was evidence what is possible in terms of productive change, people coming together and doing things in a new way. And are you seeing that the same thing? Are you seeing a new view in terms of what's possible? The, 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 I mean, are you since, I, I mean, are your team worried, I suppose, that, that you, you now have a clear view of what is possible to change? And so you're, you're... I, I don't see, I'm not sure they are worried. What is clear is uh, the situation is uh, is or was a nice eye opener on yeah. the possibility, on the fact that uh, having these uh, uh, agile sorts of work uh, space uh, and agile on all aspects. Agile doesn't mean only working from home. Is the agile with working? Is the flex resources being able to mm -hmm. allocate one resource for? for two weeks or three months from one project and then you move it uh, to another one. Uh, the fact that uh, employees showed uh, an amazing level of resilience and adaptability to work from home and, and work uh, very uh, efficiently. Of, uh, you take e-commerce, for example. There is some statistic which is showing that the last three months was removed the e-com business, which was planned uh, explosion in, uh, in only three months. So again, uh, there is from everywhere an amazing level of disruption. Uh, the way consumer uh, consumes, uh, the uh, cooking for home, which uh, obviously uh, uh, we are a, a significant player in that space, uh, has changed very significantly. You could see all these uh, families and learning how to cook together, the bonding that you can have it shows that we can have a, a different ways of working and certainly the world of tomorrow will never be the same. And our ways of working tomorrow will never be as it was before. Uh, first, you know, the, the, the time where you have to be at the office uh, from Monday uh, 8 a.m. to Friday 5 p.m. or 4 p.m., whatever, uh, it's over. And, and, and you probably we're gonna work, uh, you know, three days from the office, two days from home, uh, then you can uh, uh, work from uh, remote locations uh, easily. And I think it's going to be uh, really shaking as well uh, the uh, telecom industry, because in order to do that, it's clear that, uh, and to make it largely available to all South Africans, we really need to uh, see the cost of uh, uh, the cost of data going down and, and, uh, mm. uh, and the uh, improvement on, on, uh, on the bandwidth and so on. So I think it's a, it's a great disruptor, but it's a great opportunity, and we should not be scared by that. Every yeah. that's that's the uh, industrial revolution that is happening, and and, and we need to uh, live with it. And our job, obviously, is the acceleration of 
machine learning and so on, uh, our job will be different tomorrow because it will be uh, much yeah. less, you know, uh, clerk data entry, more analytical, and, and we need to adapt. And, and people like me, uh, if, if I don't learn uh, every day or every week, I become completely ir irrelevant tomorrow. And, and I think uh, it's true for me, but it's, it's true for, for, for everyone. And, and uh, uh, it shows that we should not be sitting in, in our comfort zone. The comfort zone doesn't mm. exist. So, so true. Um, so we, we've been doing the future of HR for about five or six years now. And last year you won um, Big Company of the Year, Best Employer of the Year at our Future of HR. And um, just before this, I was, you, you put in submissions for three different categories. And I was reading the submissions and the tech that you're using for recruitment, for training, for wellness, for happiness. They're so, I'm thinking to myself, I don't even know what to ask you because you are like really nailing it. Like, as an organization, you're really nailing it. And the only thing I could think of was that the quality of the learning and development of your people, and it seems to be very clear where your success is coming from. But I see that as something that could be rolled out to possibly your customers or to other organizations. Have you, have you thought about that as a, I mean, talk about disrupting yourself, but I mean, I, I look at some of the things you're doing and, and how relevant they are. Is that something that you think you could share or get people to subscribe to? Well, you know, right, first you're talking about the recruitment tools and I think it's important to, uh, to mention and I'm, I'm, I'm always, uh, I'm very much in favor to it, but as well, I'm a bit, uh, conscious of making sure we don't miss the good balance between what we were mentioning earlier, the IQ yeah. and the EQ, or at the end of the day, the AQ. And, you know, the, the, the personality of each individual, independently of the university they've been in, uh, the quality of uh, what they can send mm. in the recruitment tool is very important. So we need to, to make sure that we have, uh, we have that balance. But at the same time, and you are talking about uh, sharing best practices. You know, we have key partners in the industries and, and you can take uh, companies like Barrows, like Smolen, for example. We have 4,500 merchandisers uh, uh, who are working for us in the stores and exclusively uh, for Unilever doing merchandise. And how do you use technology uh, to give a better service uh, to mm. the consumers and to the retailers uh, where we have our the data uh, every day of the sellout stop a store and when we can see uh, at an, uh, a, a point where uh, we can see in one store some out of stock and we can reallocate resources, move them immediately. So that's the source of uh, initiative. But it gives as well a lot of opportunities for local companies as well to work with us because, you know, it's, we don't always take things from global and put it local. We, we have a lot of local development. We created, uh, uh, in the spirit of, of uh, improving our BE rating, but we created uh, uh, 80 million rands supplier development funds. And we've been working with a company called uh, Isasi, for example, uh, in terms of, they have a, a tool called Hudson in terms of machine learning and helping us to do a predictive forecasting. And when you take the numbers of 
man hours lost is we talked about 1,000 man hours every month uh, working on, on forecast. What a machine learning can do is much more accurate job of predicting mm. forecasting. And these man hours can be used on a much more productive way uh, uh, with much more value added uh, uh, jobs, uh, getting closer to the consumer's understanding. So again, uh, we are part of an ecosystem and, and we are happy to share not necessarily yeah. with our competitors, but at least uh, with, <laughs> but with many partners, you know, it's, uh, it's how do we do? And again, it's not always, actually Unilever South Africa is one of the most advanced in, in that tool of machine learnings who can give us the stock optimization that, uh, uh, that we need to mm. produce, who can help us to manage better the cash flow of the company. Uh, and mm. and uh, uh, it's, it's, it has been a local development and, and we, have, we are one of the most advanced Unilever subsidiary in the world. So again, it's, it's maybe helping others, uh, but as well helping uh, uh, even uh, the, the job that we are doing in South Africa, helping uh, other companies, other Unilever subsidiaries uh, across the globe. And, and uh, you know, I think one aspect, and we, we were talking about the personality, the, the individual, one, one fundamental aspect that I think is keeping a, an amazing level of curiosity in everything we do. And, and uh, mm. that sense of curiosity, it's so critical. And uh, I brought the, uh, or we went the entire South Africa leadership team a couple of years ago in, in my favorite city in the world, which is called Cape Town. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we went in Woodstock. Uh, to immerse ourselves in that sort of tech environment, discovering some uh, new companies, and, and it's mind blowing what is happening there. It's mind blowing the numbers of, of uh, amazing companies. But for them, that we discovered uh, in uh, in Woodstock was uh, Hey Jude. So I don't know if you know uh, that app. It's a, a concierge system, and and. You know, when, when uh, the, uh, the founder of HU like, was presenting that, I remember, I, I, like, it, in my mind, I was like, you know, we always talk about work-life balance. But a way to improve the work-life balance, if you want your employees to work more, be more efficient at work, solve their issues at home. And, mm. and it's, it's an app where you can send a voice message or a text message. And uh, uh, one example, and you tell them, you know what, it's... Uh, my uh, five years old uh, daughter's birthday, please organize the birthday party for me at home. I want the theme to be Cinderella. I want a clown. I want uh, this. That is my budget. And they organized everything for you. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So we work with them, we treat them, and we have two or 3,000 employees uh, where uh, they, can, uh, they can be uh, using. Um, uh, 1,300 employees uh, have access, I think. Of, uh, don't, don't quote me on the numbers, but at least it's 1,300. And, and, but basically, you know, the employees, they can use that and uh, to help organize, you, they can organize any uh, uh, trip, uh, flight, whatever, holidays for you, uh, uh, any uh, books of restaurants for you, and so on. So I think it's, again, going back to that sense of curiosity, that's where you, when you discover uh, some technologies, you discover new companies. Uh, we have a Unilever South Africa foundry, and, and it's on that foundry that we discover Isazi and that uh, amazing Hudson tool. So, yeah, it's uh, great. So, I mean, 
I mean, one of the things that I suppose traveling around the world and your journey, but I mean, we spoke earlier a little bit and it doesn't surprise me at all, but you know, you don't put it down to necessarily going to the best school or having the best education. You put it down to good old fashioned hard work. Um, and uh, you know, <laughs> is that, is I mean, that old fashioned hard work? <laughs> well, I think, I think some, I think that some people don't realize that success comes with going through many obstacles and challenges and heartache. But at the end of the day, it's pushing through and working your butt off. And I think that, um, you know, certainly from my side, you can be lucky and win the lottery, but most people are successful because they work harder than other people. Are, 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 is that sort of, how do you find that principle, hard work and working hard to success? It's, uh, you know, Ralph, it's, it resonates a lot with me, honestly. And that's, uh, that's sometimes a bit my concern. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's certainly going to be my concern for, for my kids. You know, I have, uh, I have uh, a 17 years old son and uh, a 15 years old uh, daughter, who, by the way, they are really citizens of the world from French parents, but never lived in France. One is born in Miami, the other one born in Puerto Rico, lived already in six different countries. Uh, but it's true that when, when I see them and the approach to, uh, to the working environment, uh, but as well from, from the uh, uh, millennials or more the Z generation, it feels yeah. a bit like, you know, the quick gain, the quick win and the quick success. And, and uh, I'm, I'm probably a, a bit old fashioned in that, in the sense mm -hmm. that uh, I have difficulties to envision that some are successful in uh, Posting some nice uh, uh, videos and uh, and on YouTube and being influencers TikTok. and so on or TikTok here yeah, now, <laughs> making a lots of money. But you know, it's for me, it's exactly like uh, being uh, being uh, uh, being the uh, uh, Lionel Messi or uh, the Michael Jordan or uh, uh, <clears throat> uh, whoever it is and Kelly uh, and and uh, who you know you look at. At his life, and who is, uh, by the way, it's one of our endorsers for, for Dogman Plus Care. It's the, the, there is a, a very, very hard work behind it, and it's yeah. given to only like the very happy few. How many uh, uh, football players have been uh, trying to uh, make their life out of it and haven't been successful? Uh, and you, you have an injury, you have uh, at the end of the day, not. Uh, Part of the top top leagues, and you don't make your life or not enough uh, to uh, to live until uh, you're 90, 95 years uh, uh, left, and and that that is for me that's uh, uh, yeah it's 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 not easy. I think uh, it's this is going to be part of the challenge for 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 the the, the generations to come, and, and part of my worry. So again, mm -hmm. yeah, it resonates to me. It's uh, nothing very very lucky to uh, be successful. Uh, and mm. earn enough money to support their family for the rest of, the, of their lives. But for the many others, uh, it has to come with hard work. For sure. And I mean, do, in your journey, what, what, what do you found are the other principles that have, that have made you successful and, and the people and the team around you? What, what, what do you think are the, the sort of the, those principles that for a young person they can learn from? So, um, uh, so first, uh, again, um, I, 
curiosity is for, for me fundamental. Uh, yeah. Adaptability is fundamental. But yeah. uh, uh, proximity to your team, uh, being a great leader, for me, what is fundamental is uh, uh, to be surrounded by people who are much better than you. And yeah. I think it's critical. The trust, uh, I, I, I'm blessed of, uh, with my leadership team. Uh, every single individual is a, a specialist in their field. They are much better than me. Uh, and, and working uh, collaboratively, uh, the, the collaborations, people better than you. If you have that mindset, uh, instead of thinking that, uh, you know, if you pick that person who seems so amazing that it will overshadow you, then you are completely wrong. Uh, we win. So surround yourself with the best people and, and you're going to be successful. Yeah, no, I quite agree with you. So um, I, I, did, I started doing triathlons. I was a bit of a desk jockey and I started doing triathlons and I got myself a good coach. And so in a way, it's my, my analogy, but he gave me very clear guidelines to follow a training pattern to do these triathlons. And I ended up doing really well. And I went to SA Champs and won it and I went to Worlds and I came fifth. But it's the same analogy, right? It's like if you get a good coach to help you, then you're going to perform better. And it's having someone on your team who's an expert on what he's doing um correct yeah and but i think you know it's 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 part of uh, to that uh as a leader you need to be a coach and you need to yeah. embark the team uh i yeah. think it's part and i should have mentioned that earlier but it's it's really so critical as part of the success yeah uh you know it's it's when when it's becoming hard and you take these current circumstances of the of, of the covid uh if You've been a, a, a very tough leader. You are not a charismatic one. And the people are not ready to run for you or for the company. Then you crash. But yeah. if you've been an empathic leader, supporting can be tough because you are demanding, uh, but is really taking the best of, of, of each individual, giving the proper feedback and constructive feedback, nothing personal, but constructive feedback. It's, it's amazing the capacity that they have to accelerate, to give their best when the circumstances uh, are becoming tougher. And, and mm. I must say that uh, I'm extremely proud of the uh, Unilever team, the, what they've showed during this uh, these, uh, COVID time, the level of resilience, uh, the, the level of support that they've been giving, uh, from all factories worker when uh, everybody was sent to uh, work from home, you know, everybody came, uh, came on board, work in the factories. We obviously organized all the safety, but there is a level of commitment, dedication uh, for mm. the companies, which is absolutely remarkable. So a uh, big, big kudos to, uh, to, uh, to uh, the entire team mm. for that. I also saw that you seem to put a lot of, um, which is, in a way, a little bit unusual, but you seem to put a lot of um, focus on creativity. So I don't know if that's because of your travels around the world and your, you know, your, your risk-taking, but you seem to want South Africans and Africans to really dive into their own creativity and be bold with it. Where does that come from? I don't know if it's the... Uh, I've, I've always liked to... Uh, let's say that I'm, I'm a person, I'm obsessed by uh, 
a bit by perfectionism. Uh, yeah. So always looking for doing better, bigger, bolder, uh, with more ambition. So we are very, we are a very creative company. It's uh, our, our role is really to uh, recreate uh, or create the uh, what the consumer will be asking for uh, tomorrow. Uh, getting close to them, understanding their needs, and understanding the tension points, and uh, solving their issues. And so again, creating uh, creating the the product of, of tomorrow, but that creativity can comes from uh, formulation as well, can comes from uh, uh, how do you create the right assets, which talking to the consumers, uh, always being very uh, uh, honest and true to the consumer. Uh, but, uh, but it's obviously in, uh, in the FMCG industry, I think you have to be creative. The, the, the pace of change is so fast that uh, if you are not creative and uh, uh, again, very quickly you, you, you become irrelevant and, and the consumers don't, uh, don't buy your, your products uh, anymore and, and the creativity uh, can be on all aspects, uh, including the way you use a product and uh, from the packaging, from, from all aspects. And I'm, I'm really passionate about it. So, I mean, looking at, you're an expat and, and what I'm seeing is a lot of, um, certainly South Africans, who are looking outside of South Africa as bigger opportunities. I, I, I mean, are you seeing, you've been to West Africa, you've seen Southern Africa. Are you seeing, Af what, what, what are you seeing in the future of Africa? Are you seeing um, a dominance and a focus on Africa? Are you seeing opportunities? What, what's your sort of view in the future? There is, there is obviously a lot of opportunities. It's, it's uh, yeah. uh, the, the skills level in South Africa is, uh, in, in Africa overall, obviously in South Africa and Zimbabwe, is really very, very good. Uh, yeah. We are actually, uh, Unilever, we are expatriating a lot of South Africans. The big issue oh, yeah. is very often they don't want to come back. <laughs> So, so uh, uh, we have lots of, uh, of uh, South African in, uh, in London, in the Netherlands, in, uh, uh, so uh, can be in Asia, and, and don't, not necessarily everyone wants to, uh, wants to go back. Uh, but again, there is an amazing uh, talent very soon. Uh, Africa will represent 50% of the worldwide population. So yeah. it is clear that, uh, that the, uh, uh, the opportunity are are amazing and the level of talent. Uh, yeah. what, what is clear as well where uh, I, I didn't, I, I don't see so far uh, the pace of change that you saw in Asia when really, and, and uh, you know, is my experience in the Philippines, uh, it's true that uh, the, pace is, the pace of change is faster. And I'm sure it's going to come in Africa. It's not there yet. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and, 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 uh, I often call out, we should not have any sense of entitlement, uh, mm. but really it's with hard work that's going to come. And, mm. and uh, success, promotions, uh, uh, climbing the ladder in the organization, that doesn't come just because, ah, I, I spent like four years in that role, so I'm due to a promotion. No, it's, it's really by giving your best, giving results, uh, and other work that, that you, you achieve to climb the ladder. Honestly, it's, uh, in, in my career and from the, from the start, uh, so you know, Rob, is, is, uh, 
uh, as we discussed earlier uh, and, and explained that uh, I don't necessarily come from a, a background uh, having done the uh, Oxford, Harvard, uh, uh, very, very far from that, the best uh, school or MBAs, university. I came from, from really a, a very, very uh, middle uh, BA in, in, in France. And, and so I knew that from the start I had a gap and I had a gap to fill to, uh, to be successful. Mm. And I've been really uh, working uh, maybe two times more than, than others because it was not necessarily given to me and I was not like in the shortlisted uh, short list of the future uh, CEOs of, uh, of the company. And, and really it pushed me uh, because I had certain level of ambition as well, but it pushed me really to work very hard. And that's a bit what... Uh, uh, what needs to happen and what, what's going to happen in, in Africa and for African talent as well. It's to understand that, uh, you know, it's, uh, nothing, is, nothing is given for free and, and we need to work hard, but the opportunities are, are, are tremendous. And, and, uh, and while more and more economy, uh, more and more industries uh, will be looking at Africa and to come in Africa, they will need African talent. And they will need African talent, not only for Africa, but they will need African talent for the headquarter, if it's the case of Unilever uh, in London or in Rotterdam and so on, really uh, at global understand the, the market of Africa. And that market is going to be absolutely massive in the future, once again, with, with 50% of the population worldwide is going to come from Africa. For sure. And I mean, um, do you, you obviously have learned to work hard and to get the most out of your time. Is there any habits that you think have helped you do that? I mean, are you one of those 5 a.m. guys that wake up early and, and exercise and meditate now? Except for surfing. surfing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. See, I'm not I'm, I, I actually, it's a... I'm not a morning person, so I had to learn to be much more a morning person in, uh, in South Africa. Here, you know, it's amazing. Everybody uh, starts very, very early, and it's, uh, it's not in the French culture. And uh, yeah. I'm much more an evening person, and it's true that I can easily work until 10, 11 p.m., uh, yeah. but not necessarily. Uh, sometimes, obviously, I have to do it, uh, but I'm not yeah. at my best at 6 a.m. Unless, uh, unless it's if it's to be in the water, a new pair. <laughs> exactly. We'll catch you there. Exactly. <laughs> it was super amazing to speak to you. Um, I think that you know what, one of the the things that I've realised is that if I was young again, and I could do it again, I would have certainly joined an organisation like L'Oreal or Unilever because I think what John, those organisations do. Unilever much better. Unilever, <laughs> because I think for any entrepreneur, for any person in business to have that opportunity to join an organization where he's got that structure and that investment in people's development and learning is so important. And I've seen so many successful organizations where, where they've had that base to come from. So I think what you're doing is amazing, not just for South Africa, but for the talent of South Africa. Um, I, um, you know, you know, Ralph, I, I think it's, a, and, and, and rightly so, it's, a, it's an amazing organization, as I said earlier, where you can live every day your, your purpose. Uh, and and sometimes my, my message is a bit, uh, 
loyalty is important. And, uh, and it's part of my concern as well in that new generation where uh, too often we see companies like Unilever and some others, but at the best university uh, in the country where you come to uh, spend five years and then you go and, and, uh, and, and want to do something else. And uh, I've been more, I've, I've had two companies in my life so far uh, in 30 years. And, and I think it's, uh, it's important that sense of loyalty uh, to, uh, to build a career. I think the mix of experience, it's true sometimes of different industry, uh, different companies. In my case, was different countries, but I think it's uh, uh, yeah. Sometimes these uh, uh, employees needs to be a bit patient, uh, trusting the organization, trusting uh, the, uh, the the human resources. Because at the end of the uh, of the day, you know the key talent we always spot them. The key talent yeah. we always uh, spot them. We groom them. We train them. We uh, bet on them, and, and I think. What makes a, a strong leader is the, uh, the fact that you have different experiences in different roles. In my career, I never worked purely in marketing. I worked in, uh, in, in sales, marketing. Obviously, I had to be exposed in, uh, in supply chain, uh, in finance. And is that, 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 uh, uh, that experience who makes you relevant uh, to cover uh, uh, any any sorts of topic every uh, every hour because every hour of my day is going to be different is different topics and they, they ask for your opinion so I will share my opinion but I will listen to the expert but I still I will share my opinion and it's important to be relevant so again is that the time in the job uh, the the experience over the years is, is very critical and and that sort of loyalty to the company is always pays off I think. For sure. And I mean, I mean, just the, the final point, really. But what, one of the things I think is sorely needed in certain South Africa is a culture of sales and marketing. It seems to be that you guys have got that pretty well nailed. Um, but it seems to be something that the East is very good at doing: is that culture of trading, selling, marketing. You know, it's. It's what we have to do is, is like really listening to what the customer wants and delivering on what they want as opposed to possibly, I don't want to say pushing paper because there's always a role for administration, but certainly a stronger role towards picking up the phone and speaking to customers and listening to sort of what they want. How, you, how do you find that? I think it's interesting, but at the same time, I don't think it's only, uh, you know, sales and, and marketing because uh, as I mentioned earlier, you know, what is happening in the tech industry uh, in yeah. South Africa is mind-blowing. The, the, the level of, of creativity, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's very, very interesting. I, I even, uh, you know, I can mention that uh, my, my brother-in-law has been very successful uh, business in France and so on, uh, had to uh, develop a, a new product, a new tech uh, product, and he had the entire world to look at that. And he, he signed a contract with a, a Cape Townian company. And, and being based in uh, being based in France, so, so, yeah, so <laughs> it shows it shows that really uh, you know the South Africa, Africa and South Africa in particular has a lot to offer uh, from a manufacturing point of view, from a, a sales and marketing creativity. Uh, when you looked at uh, these uh, advertising creativity that that does exist uh, in uh, and coming from South Africa is amazing, uh, and and it. We have really, we are the uh, 
same benchmark than, than, than worldwide. So we have nothing to be shy about. And at the contrary, we need to, uh, you know, uh, showcase a bit that uh, great expertise, great creativity, great technology that does exist. Uh, yeah. and, and uh, make it very uh, visible to the world. I think, uh, uh, you know, the, the uh, outsourcing industry, it's, uh, it's one which uh, I think we need to overinvest in South Africa because uh, if not so many jobs, we will move to, uh, to Bangalore or, uh, or to Manila uh, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, and, and it's not possible. And I'm, I'm really pushing hard that uh, agenda within the company and... and uh, uh, developing some some call centers and shared service centers. Uh, now that the, the cost of, of data is coming down, it's it's one of the industry which uh, Africa and South Africa in particular has lots of opportunities. We really appreciate your time, and we know that you're busy and uh, looking after the, the rest of us South Africans, keeping us healthy and fed. So we, we're really grateful for your time. Congratulations again for you know all the amazing awards you're you're winning as an organisation, and um, I hope to see you in the in the lineup soon in Durban or in St Francis. I'll yeah. hunt you down. I'm sure we're going to have less connectivity issue in front of uh, in front of a great uh, Mev Kirsten uh, uh, wine or uh, one of these uh, Captonian wines for sure. For sure. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you for the time, uh, Ralph, and I appreciate having me. Okay. Pleasure. Take Good care. Luck. Bye. Bye. <laughs>